welcome again to the Reimagining Work podcast with Rocky O'Nort. I'm going to pronounce your name correctly one of these days. Is that? Yeah, am yeah, I getting yeah. close? close? Yeah, yeah, well, Rocky. Yeah, you're getting close. I'm getting close. And John Wenger. And it's good to be here again. And um, today's podcast comes out of a podcast, a, a blog that you wrote, "Walking the Social Business Walk." And uh, reading, I've read this a few times and um, reread it again just before podcasting. And the same thing kind of comes through, which is it's one of those blogs that um, I identify with and that it comes out of frustration. And I think sometimes that's, <laughs> sometimes our, our best work or our best ideas or our most fruitful conversations come out of some seed of irritation, a bit like the grit in the oyster. So I think it would be useful to hear a lot more about what are the things that, um, to use your expression, grind your gears around walking the social business walk. Um, and it comes about... Um, uh, with a friend who's who's experiencing some frustrations in in the work that she does, it is a very common theme, mm. right? I mean, it's not just uh, with my friend, and um, uh, I've also experienced it uh, in my professional life uh, a number of times, mm. and uh, uh, but that was always from a. A relative distance and, and something that you're becoming more aware of later on where you go like oh yeah sure yeah we, we yeah okay yeah we used to have one of those platforms where you were supposed to be working on or or sharing your professional information for HR purposes and 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 none of those systems ever really established itself outside the HR um, environment. And, um, so, they would, so they would be like an HR initiative to start a new way of sharing information or communicating or being yeah, transparent. Yeah, but it's or, always with, with the wrong uh, um, angle. In this particular case, it was about uh, having every uh, professional personal information of employees uh, readily available for HR purposes. So finding new clients, sending out resumes and, and things like that. And But you create, it's a, it was a sort of a LinkedIn environment, if you will, uh, which, but at some point there was also the ability to share a little bit more information about things you were doing. And uh, and because it was an HR tool, um, you are limited and people are not that much interested because they see it as a must. And, yeah. uh, and, and hence, it fails. And not just uh, for what it could be, for, but also for what it was meant to be. And, um, and th this was years ago. And with my friend now, um, the word... Uh, is that there's a lot of um, initiatives that um, uh, are, are thought up to help uh, create a more um, uh, enjoyable working environment. And, okay, and well, they let's, do, let's, and they do make it look like that, you know. So they, they get they when she started out. There were a lot of a uh, lot of information. You got the internet. You got this. You got a, uh, an account where you can look everything up and welcome. And this is your schedule. And you really made feel 
very welcome and, and open and uh, also during the first talks um, uh, everything seemed very um, um, advanced very open and very social and um, within a week of starting work there nothing of that was apparent was still there so it was it was it was a description of some things that were um, intended in terms of how the work works in the organization this is the way we like to do things this is the way that we um, think is a productive thing but after a week the, there was a dissonance between the words and the the actual experience of working there in that first week. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I'd just like to, I mean, if we kind of take some of these points slowly and, and, and sort of unpack, I mean, we might kind of uh, maybe reduce some of the frustration that is apparent in your blog post. <laughs> I mean, the initiative, we took some initiative. Initiatives are always good. Initiatives are great. Um, I think there's something about the, the uh, environment in which they, they are intended, though or that they're proposed you said they, these were initiatives that were thought up and you didn't say who they were thought up by who who were these initiatives thought up by and for what purpose well in in, in the particular case of my friend I don't know right okay because I don't have that much um, uh, uh, information from within that company obviously um but I did see a, uh, a blog post of uh, the CEO, or at least he tweeted it, so you know that makes it his. Mm. And uh, it was all about finding uh, about how they uh, interact with their employees, how they um, ask them for information, how they uh, want to... Um, Establish uh, a better working environment, uh, and and they use that, do that through um, uh, questionnaires and 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 those kind of initi- initiatives. And um, I know <laughs> uh, from my friend that that just doesn't happen. Well, I, I like the idea of a better work environment. That's, who, who wouldn't want that? That's lovely. Exactly, I agree. Yeah, it would be, it would be great. Mm. Yeah, but, but you have to talk to your uh, employees and find out what it is that makes the current environment not so fun. Yeah, because you use the word enjoyable. It's about making the work enjoyable for people. So there is, like, there is some good intentions, and I think you and I have, in conversation, used the expression "the road to hell is paved with good intentions." So there are some very good intentions here. The CEO has tweeted this yes. article, so thereby, which is good, right? We have yeah. to accept that yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as a positive thing, and and for them uh, to come up with with an idea like that. Um, is good. I mean, th- it means that they're paying attention to to at least some of the uh, the elements that are currently uh, ha- happening in 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 the working environment, where mm. uh, you know the certain evolutions that are happening, and uh, to be aware of those kind of things. And and well, as you pointed out before we started the podcast, nothing is really new. I mean, a lot of these things have been written about since the 50s Uh, yeah but um but still i mean uh actually doing something with it is is 
obviously a big thing. And um, so it, we have to accept the fact that it's a good thing that they're actually uh, expressing it and, and trying something. Mm. The problem lies in um, following through. I mean, the and big I, difference think, between talking the talk and walking the walk. Yeah, and I think there's something that sits behind the problem of not following through, which is the something that which is quite deep and profound. I mean, uh, you you talk about becoming a social business is a profound thing. I agree, it's profound. Um, which is the mindset, the the un, unspoken, un, unwritten, uh, perhaps unknown assumptions that people still approach the workplace with which is mechanism and I think there's a there's a more connected and systemic way of looking at workplaces which uh, in many cases would be the downfall of very well-intentioned initiatives because there is a system there's an environment around which is not allowing the, initi- the initiatives to flourish uh, you know if you've got an architecture which is hierarchical uh, I don't see how you can uh, create, say, something that's more participatory uh, or more joyful for people uh, if the hierarchy is the thing that gets in the way, if it's the thing that's creating the disconnect and the the lack of joy and the fear and so on in the organization. So there's something about there's something quite deep about the, the whole, the system, the, the 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 yeah, the fundament of organizations which are behind the failure of, of initiatives. Yeah, those are uh, barriers that you that you run into once you start looking at an at a at a uh, at an enterprise. Um, what are the things that 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 you run into when you come up with a certain initiative? Yeah, because it's one thing to to actually come up with something, and um, um, this is also. Another point that I, I want to make about that, because um, these initiatives don't just drop out of the sky, right? Yeah. There's people uh, spending a lot of time and a lot of effort on uh, on figuring out That's right. uh, what it is that we would like to do. And it's such a pity if, if those initiatives just fall flat because there's not enough uh, momentum being created uh, to actually make it happen. And and that is just something that's very sad because chances are that that person would not go out of its way, out of his or her way to create another initiative because, you know. Well, absolutely. I mean, it compounds cynicism. If, if you've tried an initiative, you put a lot of effort into something and, and it fails. And then there's a bit of cynicism that gets generated. Why would we bother? It's not one of those things again. We've tried this before. Um, yeah, it, it takes the wind out of people's sails. But it's, uh, it's, it's indeed also something that we talked a little bit before we, before we hit record i mean your the metaphor that you came up with in in, in the gardening metaphor oh. if the initiative is a seed oh. um, you can create or have a perfect seed and create oh. a perfect initiative and then you 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 must look at the the environment oh. in in which the uh, the seed has to become something it has to uh, um, 
It has to germinate and flourish and, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, it has to happen, right? So You're the gardener as well. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not. I mean, that that's my wife and, and but yeah, germinate. Uh, it's, it's not something that's on my... On, on the at the, the the far front of my uh, mm-hmm. consciousness, uh, so yeah, it has to germinate. And in order to do, if you put it on a piece of concrete, then oh, some seeds will uh, eventually. But still, it needs water, it needs sunlight, it needs something. And in order to flourish, it needs healthy ground. And and the, the effort that my wife goes through in order to create the perfect environment for certain plants to to do what it does you know a tomato plant it's not something you just seed something and you throw it out there and see what happens it, it takes a lot of nurturing and a lot of care it, it takes a good soil a good fertilized soil but not too acidic and so the ph value needs to be right and you need to water it a lot but you can't water it over the flat over the over the leaves you have to water it at the roots and so we have a polytunnel where it's in and you know but you have to open up the polytunnel regularly because it has to get the, the moisture out otherwise you know you get blithe and this and that and that and, that. and that's and then it's already in the tunnel. So, but in order to get it to to germinate, you have to put it in a little, in a little thingy, and then you have to put it in. You know, and well, it takes a lot of effort. Let's let's stay with this analogy. I think it's it's a very it's very transferable. So, say say your your tomatoes don't germinate, or they germinate and they just don't flourish. They don't provide the kind of crop that you expect at the end of the season. Where would you start working out what went wrong, if that was the case? Because there's a whole list of conditions which individually could have an impact, but how would you know which one of those things led to your failed crop? Uh, eliminate uh, everything that, that can't be a problem and whatever remains, however improbable, must be... Yeah? Mm. And uh, But it's, there's a certain list of things that you can, you can actually just you tick them off. Mm. And... In this case, of, there's knowledge, right? You have to have certain knowledge. And uh, it's one of the points that I, I, I wrote down in order to be successful is, you know, get help. You know, get somebody who knows where to look. And, and, and uh, in this case, in, in the case of a tomato plant, the internet is our best friend. Mm. And if you can't find it, you go on to a community and you say, well, this is the things that I've done, and it still doesn't work. And then you get somebody, well, what's the problem? How are the leaves? Are they curly or they have like a brown tip on it? Or is there like little white spots? Or, you know, do you have a lot of aphids? Or do you have this? Or do you have that? Or is it in the wrong place? I mean, the first time that we put them up in the polytunnel, they were too close to the door. So they got too much wind. Yeah. So they had they suffered from that. So now we put them in the middle, and they suffered a lot less from the the draft in the tunnel itself. Yeah. And uh, and that made a difference. And the, the same goes for the peppers and um, and the chilies. Mm. And uh, so it's all these kind of things that uh, yeah, at some point you can you can run into a certain barrier, and then you have to figure out. What is it that that stops me? I mean, in 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 the case of my friend, um, there is a certain funnel going down. We have to assume. I did that in my my blog post also. Let's just 
for the sake of argument, assume that they really wanted to make an effort in, in changing something, then the information has to go down at some point. And um, from what I've uh, been told, the stories, that uh, her manager is just old school, numbers oriented, um, middle management, uh, whatever. Mm. That you know, don't no, care. And, that, and again, that make, that makes sense. You know, I, I I've never really, I, if I kind of cast my mind back, I've never met anybody in HR or L and D who had bad intentions for the staff or the management of the organizations that they worked with. Never. But again, there's lots of blind spots around how they think things work. Um, you can't change a, a company by sending an email, you know, by sending a memo or putting up a poster or something. It just, it, it isn't really a feasible uh, assumption because you hit people like my friend's manager and uh, from what I understand, and if, if I put the pieces together, he, he'd be somebody who'd, who would just stop the information. Just it would not go any further because it might undermine him uh, in, right. his, in his um, uh, uh, command and control um, mindset. And, and these are, the, are, the, are one of the uh, uh, barriers that you can run into when you want to uh, change um, even a little bit. And and this is and and you and you you're kind of underlining again what we said earlier like it's about mindsets the unknown unspoken un, unknowable perhaps for for us as individuals attitudes and beliefs and values that we bring to our work and you know it might not be that the person the manager would identify what they do as command and control I suspect not many people he just does what he does does what he does and and I think a lot of that will be because it's what the system this the culture that the organization condones it's what it advocates that's what i mean by that kind of unknown and unspoken stuff it's just in the air conditioning and sometimes you know you saw you said that one of the one of the useful points to assist with these initiatives is get outside help uh, certainly i mean i think about a system and systems are generally unable to see themselves if you're in it it's hard to see it as an outsider you know, I walk into organizations, and I'm sure that this has happened with you. If you're not part of that organization, you, you can look around and you go, oh, I see what's happening here. I see why that's not happening because you're not in it. You're not subject to it. It's like you're not drinking the same water everybody else is drinking. You're not breathing the same air out of the air conditioning. So outside eyes, I think, are useful for this sort of thing to uncover is systems blindness what are some of the things that are the conditions the what's what's going on in the environment that's affecting us whether we like it or not mm-hmm. that's preventing us from behaving in ways which we would like to think that we are it's difficult to 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 take a, a bird's eye view when you're uh, when, when you've been it. working within that company for a long time and 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 any changes that you've done have always gone the same way yeah um it's also about knowing where to look and which signs to pick up on. And um, so it's not just having anybody just walk in and say like, okay, this and this and this, but you have to at least be aware of the 
the intricacies of, of uh, such a fundamental change that we're talking about. Because these are, are you know, you have small initiatives and, and then there are uh, obviously uh, huge initiatives that, that, that fundamentally uh, disrupt a whole company and everyone in it. And um, so the smaller ones are obviously the ones that need a little bit less uh, um, intense guidance uh, than the bigger ones. But, you know, they, they tend to fail uh, nonetheless. Yeah, again, I, I keep coming back uh, to the, the mindset that's behind it, the command and control mechanistic mindset, that if, if, if just because I, if I'm the CEO, just because I want this to happen, it's going to happen. I, I think yeah. that mindset, that, again, I, I don't think it comes out of malice or any, any kind of ill intent. It's just the mindset of this is how things have always worked. This is how we used to do things in the world of work. This is how we get things done. I was, you know, I've just been thinking. There's, um, there's, a, there's a, a model that I came across some years ago. That in terms of how how a leader or a manager communicates, um, there are some informal things that they do, like you know, day to day discussions and conversations, casual remarks, debates they get into, um, body language, tone of voice, attitude, energy, and then there's formal stuff that formal kind of communication channels that a leader or manager will um, deploy like an email a speech an announcement a formal policy statement a formal you know formal documentation processes measurements promotions so there's the informal and the formal communications but you can also divide them into quadrants and say that there's conscious and there's unconscious and the conscious would be the discussions, the speeches, the announcements, the emails, the documentation. The unconscious is the stuff that we notice in a leader or a manager, but more on a, on a, a more unconscious level, like the body language, the attitude, the tone of voice, the energy, their emotional connection, their empathy with us, um, who gets promoted, who doesn't get promoted, those sorts of things. And it's an interesting thing that most people in a leadership or in a managerial role still, to inherit from the old world of doing things, still spend about 85% of their, their energy on communicating with people through uh, the things that are least noticed. Most leaders think that it's about your, your formal conscious communications, your speeches, your aims, your objectives, your vision, your mission, your emails. And those are the things that actually people notice least. Those are the things that also impact people's behavior the least. The things that impact people's behavior the most are the informal, unconscious body language, tone of voice, empathy, emotional connection, their style with people. And those are the things that leaders tend to spend least amount of their energy on, the least amount of their intention on developing and improving, that kind of self-knowing, self-awareness stuff. And I say this because it's connected to what does it take for initiatives to take effect? Doesn't just because a leader says, I want this initiative to happen, therefore it will happen and we'll roll it out. That's probably the least likely way of getting it to happen. It's more about what is my attitude? How do I connect with the people and the purpose of this organization? Uh, how can I demonstrate that there is something that I have picked up that we need to improve on. How can I enlist people in this vision? And it's not about my email to you. It's about the way I communicate and relate to you and 
get on board with you and understand what's what are your concerns about the work. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think that, and I think all of that informal unconscious stuff is part of the soil, the wind, the water that you were talking about earlier. It's the environmental stuff. If if yeah, exactly. I mean, and and that's when you when you when you have your think tank or your initiative, uh, blah blah blah, whatever you call it. Uh, those who create that seed. Um, once you have that, then you don't have to worry about that for a while. You can put it aside. Mm. What you need to do is look at the environment and what That's you need exactly within that right. environment to make sure that that seed actually grows. I mean, we couldn't grow a tomato here outside without a polytunnel. Yeah, it, right. ca- it can't be done because the climate here is is too harsh for mm-hmm. uh, for a tomato plant to grow into uh, a big enough climate to actually yeah. get it. Fr- it just doesn't work. So we knew that we had to have a polytunnel in order to to do that. So we built a polytunnel, and now we have tomatoes. Yeah, and um, oh, tomato, tomato, and, potato, uh, potato, 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 and uh, so. And that's so very important where you and, – and, and that can have extremely significant and fundamental consequences because then you can run into certain elements like a middle manager who's put there and who sits there, who's been sitting there for the past 10 or 15 years. Oh. And you can come to the conclusion where you go like, well, that person in his current – role is going to be a problem it's going to be barrier um you have to do something about that yeah absolutely i mean you talk about use the word command and control and the picture that i have in my mind is some very old style bosses i've had in my time where the you walk in and you you smell it in the room is this fear and it's not the kind of terror that you'd see in a, in a horror movie but there's a there's a fear in the workplace that shuts people down <laughs> And I kind of think about, you know, I, I'm refer, I refer to Deming's 14 points often in um, conversations, and they, I think they're incredibly valid. You know, the, the drive out fear is one of his points. If you've got a command and control mindset in a manager, and again, unconscious, not intending to be fear, create fear, but that's actually what goes on. If you have a fearful work environment, if you have, you know, soil that's not fertile, how could you possibly expect an initiative around social business to flourish? People aren't going to become social if they're thinking, what's the right way to be social? How am I going to be um, punished if I'm not social in the way that the manager wants me to be social? You know, it's like you've got to actually change some of those mindsets. First, you've got to uncover what the mindsets are, you know, get rid of that system's blindness. Um, and again, what you're saying when you said all the you said you've got the seed that you put aside. You know the seed is a great seed. You've got to look at the environment. That reminded me of the the ninety five percent rule. I think was something like ninety five percent of uh, opportunities to improve p- improve performance in the workplace are down to the system, not the individual. You know, if only five percent is around the individual. Uh, improving the way that they do things then it says to me that you need to look at the system look at the environment you've got the seed put the seed aside you've hired the right person for their skills that's great 
but are we putting them in an environment that lets them flourish and really bring themselves fully to the work? Mind you, um, we don't change an organization, right? We do change the people. Because an organization cannot be uh, changed as such. It's, it's something inanimate. It, it's a system. Yeah, exactly. So it, you have to, um, if you want to create an environment with less fear, and and even if you if you drill it all the way down to to uh, a lower level and and a middle management. Um, you have to lead without fear. This is the, exactly the, you're connecting the dots here. This is great because the thing about, the thing that will let people know that I'm interested in driving out fear is not my formal announcements about it, but it's my informal unconscious stuff I do as a leader. So if I want to lead a, an environment where I'm driving out fear. I'm going to do that through my body language, through my relationships with you, through my energy, through my attitude, through my tone of voice, through my style. And it's got to be genuine. And that's where I think that whole, a lot of it comes back to the leader becoming more self-aware. There's a whole self-knowledge piece around what it means to be, you know, sort of the learning about being leader. Um, but yes, if you're going to drive out fear, it comes about because of who you are as a person and how you relate to people as a person. It's uh, uh, point 13 of the 14 points of, uh, of Deming. Mm. Institute a vigorous program of education and self-improvement. Yes. And, and this is something that I believe relies or relates to uh, middle management so much more than it even does on, 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 a, on, a, on a lower level employee mm. management. Because the, the employees, when they're properly uh, incentivized, um, they will want to learn more and they will want to grow. And But it's the middle managers that usually are in a position where they it's very difficult to either go up or down and, and hence they tend to cling on very strongly to that uh, position and, and that makes them very rigid and very difficult to, uh, to reach because... Also, middle management. I mean, you can, as CEO, be fearless and 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 and, and project a certain um, uh, fearless attitude, or or mm. you know. But middle management is is probably not going to pick up on that. Mm -hmm. And you cannot just send them an email and say, "Dude, you have to be uh, less controllable and 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 less fearful of what can happen if if." change actually happens within the company because there is a place for you and this is going to be it. We're going to show you, we're going to teach you how to be uh, uh, productive or be still uh, valuable in a more modern setting. And I believe for, for a lot of people in middle management, that's the, their, their greatest fear because the fear that you talk about is, is maybe from an employee point of view, uh, stepping outside a little bit, you know, raising your, raising your hand or asking a question or, or, or prompting an idea uh, and whatever consequences that have uh, can be fearful. Yeah. But middle management have the same problem. Absolutely, and they're subjected to exactly the same system. Yeah, exactly, and and so, uh, but I have a feeling that that 
sometimes gets a little bit uh, overshadowed by uh, having a, a platform available within a business and then we're going to teach the employees how to use that platform and uh, but the role of all participants is very important including middle management or maybe specifically middle management and where you want to go is that you want to have um, you know leaders instead of managers and um, because if, if, if somebody is a manager on a certain level and all he cares about is numbers then he's not going to be a leader at all well, and if the most that they know how to do, and I, again, I, it's not about blaming these people for being inadequate, but if the most that they have inherited or the most that they have been um, educated in terms of their experiences at work is to be the bean counter, then I, I kind of don't blame them. And then they will be, you know, a subject, as you say, to the same system, the same systemic elements like fear. And certainly for middle managers, they've they've got a lot to be fearful of in a fearful in a, in a in a fear-laden system i think you know they want to be careful they don't do anything that's career limiting they are in the mid they are in the middle they are in the middle that's right it's it's a bad place to be mm. um uh, historically mm. right mm. and uh it's it's a tough situation because it's i mean well, you get you get it from both ends mm. <laughs> and um that's um, it's absolutely true. I believe like a, a good manager is somebody who protects uh, and nurtures uh, the people below him. Uh, he is uh, the, 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 uh, well, yeah, it's a little bit tricky, but he is the, the one that that is the wall between his employees. And, and the big bad world of corporate involvement and uh, but well, he, has to, he has to do it in the right way yeah I mean, even the language the languaging there that you use it says to me that there's there's a there's an air of fear yeah, you know, pr- yeah. Protect, protect from what well, you know no, well, but well, true. absolutely yes. uh, it's absolutely true it's, I, 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 I get you completely, why I was but, a little bit stammering a little bit but uh, even in in a, in a social socially driven uh, uh, business um, there is still that fear of responsibility and uh, uh, accountability and um, sometimes certain Things just happen, and 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 because you can be have as much initiative if you, if you want, and and uh, be completely social and and collaborative and innovative, and we're still just people, right? And they're still we're still just going to work uh, for a lot of us, and uh, that means that uh, we're still going to work because we need to make money. And uh, otherwise, we have a problem with our mortgage. And that is still uh, the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, it reminded me of that um, expression that uh, a man will not see something if his salary depends on him not seeing it. So people have those sorts of personal needs. They need to make sure that they put food on the table. I completely understand that situation. And, you know, we're just people. I, I was um, thinking recently about Milgram, you know, Milgram's experiments in the 60s, where people were 
uh, found themselves doing horrific things to other human beings as part of a scientific experiment. And he was trying to work out why do people do horrific things? And his hypothesis, which I think I go along with, is that the environment set the conditions up that compelled people to behave in certain ways. I think it came out of people trying to make sense of you know, Nazi Germany and, um, you know, we were just following orders. And from our very comfortable positions, we go, yeah, right, I wouldn't do that. But research, right, is, show- yes, research yeah. is showing, actually, that yeah. if we were in yeah, the yeah, same yeah. exact conditions, we would do exactly the same as anybody else because, as you say, we are people. And we are compelled to do what our conditions set us up to do. We we get the system punishes us for doing for us not doing what it just wants us to do, even and, if we and don't, anybody doesn't would, feel right. Exactly, and... I, I'm not sure about anybody, but most people push the button, and 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 some even went yeah. went so far uh, that they would actually um, uh, induce severe That's physical right. harm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And um, but it goes both ways, right? Because that is something. It's an extreme, obviously, yeah. but it did show uh, how people are. Well, willing to, or at least able mm-hmm. to uh, uh, make certain, um, take certain steps yeah. in order to achieve what it is that they want to achieve. Yeah. And but if you turn that into a positive thing, because obviously there's there's a, there's a flip side to that. Because, um, and and we're talking about fear now and that that is something that has been conditioned over a very long period of time yeah. and um so people are comfortable living in yes. such an environment yes that's right and uh, it's like the frog in, in in cold water and boiling water if you put him in in boiling water he'll jump out if you put him in cold water and slowly boil the water he'll stay in mm. right and that's what happened with us obviously uh, in, in, at work i mean we're we're gradually growing up into a system that that we learn to fear and and that we accept for them to control us and um Instead of that, we control the system, and that is something that needs to be, uh, well, not necessarily changed, but it's again the environment. Where I, people... I, I, I disagree. I think it does need to be changed. I think one of the one of the biggest things that can happen in the in reimagining work is managers revision what their role is. True. And I think Agreed. it's not about but managing it's... people or change or time. It's about managing well, yes, a system. But... It's about managing a system. It's about creating an environment. That's where, the one I mean. Where that's what those I mean. kind of changes can actually take place. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. Because you can have such a great initiative of you know let's turn around our middle management and have them but if they still believe that they're living in an environment working in an environment where if they provide a little bit too much pushback to one level higher that um their hat's going to be chopped off that's right yeah you can have all the initiatives in the world but it's not going to work they also need to be able to speak up and 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 
go forth and 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 spew ideas and 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 challenge their manager and that manager has to be able to challenge the c-suite and and as long as you don't have an environment where it's safe to be a dissident yeah you won't have any yeah you won't have you'll have groupthink you'll have teamwork uh, you'll have people thinking the same thing but you won't have creativity innovation uh, no. new, new, you, you'll, new you'll, you'll get business. the things done that need to be done as an absolutely minimum in order to uh, reach the end of the day and, and provide the numbers that need to be provided and that'll be that and that'll be on every level within a company and I think to come back to this thing around social business um, you, you, in, your, in your blog article, you write, you know, any business, any company, any organization, and even governmental institutions can benefit from at least some ideas within the realm of social business. I utterly agree. And I think there's something that's, that needs to be looked at as to why they don't take root. And it's about looking at the environment of the businesses. And um, yeah, if the culture is not ripe, if the system is not, not ripe, um, the best initiatives will... I would guess they would fail. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that eighty percent fail. So I think there's a piece of work that needs to happen first, which is what is the environment like? Because these are great ideas, um, but I would hate to see some of these great ideas and new ways of working uh, fall down and people become cynical because we try them and we don't attend to the environmental systemic issues that we need to attend to first. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, because a lot of a lot of stuff is is commercially driven, obviously. Absolutely, and yeah. and uh, their bottom line is to make the sale. Yeah, but there's no follow up. Yes, that's right. Okay, so I'm aware of time. I think we've had a. Um, a uh, really interesting conversation that again is like the others we could um, extend and keep keep developing um, I think for now though we need to bring this one to a close yeah. and um, we will certainly continue on in this vein in the future because I know that you and I both are interested in work being a different sort of thing than it is today for so many people we'll, we'll continue reimagining work we will okay but it's been wonderful <laughs> to have this conversation yes I've, I've enjoyed it <laughs> okay and I hope other people enjoy it who are listening as well yeah until next time I will say farewell from me and farewell from him and we'll see you next time yes and if you like subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher you can find us there okay goodbye goodbye goodbye